0: Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. I am said Tyler Simonis. That like over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us to learn about all things financial as always if you'd like to be part of the program if you have a question or a comment call us 877-670-7117 you can always send us an email by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com good morning Mr. Finelli. how goes it doing well glad yeah. to have glad to have the sunshine back it's been a right dreary month it has certainly been a dreary month but it's been good because the snowpack has been piling up and not quite as much as that we they got in California, but we will take all that we can. I'm I'm really, really crossing my fingers that we can get at least Primeville Reservoir filled up uh for for maybe the a boat to be able to go down the boat ramp and actually into the into the water this year. But we still need a bunch more snow from happen. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital Markets. There was a little bit of uh cold water po- poured on the parade last week. We will see how long that lasts. But U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were down about 2% last week. In the middle of the week, we uh, got some data, I think, that spooked market participants and stocks sold off. But where we're seeing some dramatic uh, outperformance that started about three months ago is in the international markets. And it's really funny to me because now all of a sudden the talking heads, you know, so three months ago, international stocks, Uh, were were really cheap and you know their future was bright uh, but nobody was talking about international and now all of a sudden that it's outperforming us by a lot guess what the talking heads on the CNBC's are talking about international why weren't they doing it three months ago cuz they're really actually bad at their job uh, so the long, in predicting the future is impossible.
2: The more you pay attention to markets and the longer you've been doing it, the more you realize that that's sort of how it works is once it starts to make it into the public
1: lexicon is usually when it's too late. It's too late. So international developed market stocks were up one and a half percent last week. So c- dramatic outperformance continues from international. Uh, the emerging markets were also uh, outperformers, up a half a percent. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks actually continue to outperform, even though they were lower. They're about a half a percent lower. So, uh, interesting volatility in the capital markets. Uh, in the bond market, we didn't see very much move. In the aggregate bond, barely moved. Aggregate bond index barely moved last week. The yield on a one-year Treasury bond is 4.7 percent, and the yield on the ten-year Treasury bond is 3.4. So, we have a, a very extremely inverted yield curve still. Um, and, like we've been saying all along, every time the yield curve has been this inverted, we've always had a recession. We will see if that continues to hold true the
2: uh, uh in this case, the inventor of the yield curve indicator came on c n b c this week and uh said it's not going to be applicable this time, and uh it's had a perfect track record so far and he says he knows that how you know buyer caveat tour but uh this time is different and but he still believes that this is going to be the time that that indicator is not
1: proven, uh, doesn't doesn't yield true. And and what are the most expensive words in the investment business? <laughs> of course, this time is different. Yeah, so we uh, shall see. Uh, yeah, we shall see. Time will tell. I guess it doesn't really matter if we have a recession or not, right? I mean, it's the most anticipated, uh, predicted recession in the history of all recessions. So generally, that, that when that happens, we don't get them. Um, gold was a little bit higher, nineteen twenty-two an ounce and oil was fractionally higher at $81 a barrel. So the data last week that came out uh, was the producer price index, uh, which is inflation at the wholesale level. Uh, So in the month of December, uh, wholesale inflation fell by a half percent, which was much more than expected. Uh, Though we still have, uh, wholesale inflation was up 6.2% year over year, which was the lowest year over year increase since 2021. Um, so the good news is, for everybody out there listening, inflation is definitely headed in the right direction, right? We we know that inflation month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter uh, is headed lower. Uh, but by my math, and forgive me because I went to a state school, uh, 6.2 is still a long ways away from 2%, right? That's That's still true, right? It's definitely true. So... One of two things is going to have to happen, right? And Josh isn't, Josh believes the the latter. The first thing is the Fed's going to have to keep raising rates, uh, put us in recession to get inflation down to 2%. The other thing that could happen is the Fed could change the mandate from 2% to 3%, right? Or Lift the average inflation target. Lift the target from where they say it is at 2%. And then it's like, wait a second. If the Fed changes because it's convenient... Then like, wh- how well, do we the, take what the, they say seriously ever again? The premise
2: is they'll say it's the long run average inflation target. And because we were under the 2% target for so long, if you drag the time horizon long enough, we get back to 3
1: Tomatoes, tomatoes. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stick with the 2% forever and then change it because it conveniently works for you. I mean, it's statistics. You know you, you know how everybody knows that you can make the statistics work however you want them to, to tell the story you want them to tell. Was a great... But you can't say 2%, 2%, 2%, and then say, uh, well... Because we, don't, because we need it to be 3%, we're going to change it to 3%, and this is the BS reason we're going to do that. Well, Larry Summers, Obama's
2: uh, old Treasury Secretary, now that he's no longer in the political realm, all pretty much only speaks the truth, and it's pretty great. He did an interview uh, that I watched the last week, and he basically said the same thing, that that's exactly what they're going to do, and that they need to do it uh, to erode the present value of the deficit. And, of course, that... Well, it's not part officially of their mandate. It's definitely something that affects the financial stability of the country. And uh, you can be sure that they're keeping an eye on
1: that. I learned a long time ago that the truth is much easier to remember. (laughs) But we now have a country of politicians who all lie, who central bankers who are like the truth is something that they just don't, you know, understand anymore. And it's really a sad place to be. And uh, goodbye, sweet America. This week, though, with. With initial jobless
2: claims plummeting, you know that monetary policy transmission that was working a few months ago, where uh, financial conditions appeared to be tightening, labor markets appeared to be softening, uh, that trend is reversed again. You know, it's and it happened so quickly. We had this breakout rally here in the first couple weeks of 2023, and financial conditions are much looser with higher asset prices, of course, and also the jobs market seems to be it's seemingly unstoppable. And you know, even Uh, Earlier this week when you had the 10,000 Microsoft layoffs, all these big round numbers don't seem to make any dent in in the initial jobless claims numbers. Which,
1: in my mind, clears the deck for the Fed to keep going at 50 basis points until they make a dent in the labor market, until they make a dent, a real meaningful dent in inflation. Uh, Because if they don't deal with it, if it's not dealt with, and, and, and because with the labor market as tight as it is... Uh, if they pause rate and, and the market gets the sense that things are going back to normal, inflation will come roaring back and they'll have the same problem to deal with. So the other, the other thing that that came up on Thursday is the, the U S uh, officially hit its debt limit. Um, and so the U S treasury and Janet Yellen are having to take extraordinary measures to avoid a default on U S debt on U S treasuries. They're having to delay payments to a lots of different retirement plans, all this stuff that to me is just utterly ridiculous. And um, i I more than anybody believe that this country we need some more fiscal responsibility, but to use uh to use our potentially defaulting on our debt as some political softball is just utterly ridiculous, and i can't believe they continue to do it. They could be grown ups like there are politicians that we elected that could be grown ups that could deal with uh this situation all of the time rather than using um defaulting on our debt. Uh, as this political softball, it's just—it's just so ridiculous well, and that the this point, keeps coming. The up. point
2: of our show is to be intellectually honest, and when you see that you know people on the right that, uh, you know, in the previous administration, the deficit obviously ballooned, and there seemingly was no concern about the yeah, they raised the debt streams. ceiling
1: and they didn't care, and now it's, now that there's a Democrat in the White it's House, it's just
2: disingenuous, and uh, you know we just want to see those kind of macro risks just get be fitness, the table. Be they're...
1: fiscally responsible all the time, just not when it's time. You can't just say, okay, now we're going to be, become fiscally responsible. It's just, like Josh said, in a, intellectually... Uh, Disingenuous. Dis- dishonest. Yeah. All right, if you'd like to be part of the program, call us 877-670-7117 or send us an email by going to our website, com. When we come back, we're going to talk about what your asset allocation should actually look like, because we know that yours isn't looking like it should. So stick around.
0: Get your free one hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800 743 0988. Again, eight hundred seven four
3: three zero nine eight eight. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here.
4: Where are you?
3: In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kinds, discontinued models, and old furniture friends.
4: Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect the warehouse clearance
3: sale at Wilson's Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bin.
4: Save up to 75% on brand name mattresses and power adjustable bases right now.
3: Take advantage of Wilson's deepest discounts on instant comfort heirloom, cluffed and Marshall luxury
4: mattresses. Save hundreds of dollars even thousands. Special financing
3: and always free delivery see store for details.
4: The warehouse clearance sale is on now
3: better get in here Price is subject to stock on hand. At Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery, Ben, we've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962.
5: About 100 years ago, Ben started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today. It's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out with many decades of expertise in the central Oregon area. We're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technology, Gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally, the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or any time in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty. Because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked
2: after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life.
6: After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50 plus singles who know what they want sign up today at silversingles.com slash romance. That's silversingles.com slash romance. Made
7: actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-466-9625. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-466-9625.
0: Connect to the Financial Focus radio show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about Anything in your financial life, your financial plan, your asset allocation, your portfolio, your state plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So to get one of those free return reviews scheduled, uh, call our office. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, the number heres four three zero nine eight eight. 800-743-0988. Or you can send us an email by going to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So uh, we, I'm looking at the Beacon Report for the month of December. For those of you that don't know, the Beacon Report looks at uh, the local real estate market here in Central Oregon, looking at prices, number of transactions, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the median single-family home uh, price in, the, in Bend in the month of December dropped to 678000 That was a decline of about 18000 from the month of November. Uh, Also sort of noteworthy was the number of sales, which fell to 98,000 in the month of December compared to 137 sales in November. Uh, We reached a high in this most recent cycle of 218,000 in the month of May. Um, There's only a a one and a half half month supply of homes for sale uh, in Bend, according to the Beacon Report, which is still way below a healthy market and probably one of the reasons that prices are holding up relatively well, uh, considering how much info, interest rates have gone up. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, obviously the stock market rolled over in 2022. And, and we, you know, we have seen a bit of a rollover in the housing market, but not nearly as much as we've seen in the stock market. So that remains to be seen because, remember, interest rates affect all asset prices, including housing, and in fact, interest rates, in fact, uh, uh, impact housing more than they do uh, stocks. Because as Josh has talked in the past, housing is a long-duration asset, and the longer duration something is, the more interest rate sensitive they are. And when you look at
2: publicly traded traded real estate, it's down something on the order of 18 to 20% over the trailing one year. And to think that publicly traded real estate should be priced any differently than – Residential housing is just not true because it's the same asset
1: class. Well, in re- reality is most uh, commercial real estate, the cap rates are better on commercial than residential. But, so. you
2: know, I will grant like a community like Bend or Central Oregon where there's net migration inward uh, may be to a degree more resilient than the broader market. But, uh, you know, expect continued decline in transaction volume. And uh, with higher rates, of course, asset prices must adjust as mm-hmm. there's gravity.
1: Uh, in Redmond, the median single-family home price dropped to 425000 in the month of December. That was down $117,000 uh, from August when it hit an all-time high of $542,000. Uh, there were 33 single-family home sales in December in Redmond, about half of what it was in the month of November. So what we're seeing, we're not seeing big price declines, which is good, I guess, but what we are seeing is a big decline in transactions. Uh, and I, one thing I wonder about is the amount of people that over the last uh, two years became realtors, I wonder what they're doing t- for uh, for income. Uh, we shall find out. Yeah, I mean, of course, it'll happen like it happened in 2008. It's, it just a It's, it's, it's all
2: happening so much slower than... You know, you would expect, and uh, it's just a story of duration. And rates have to decline materially for there to be a reversal there, and uh, it's hard to see.
1: So, uh, one of the things you know, Josh and I do these free retirement reviews, and we look at a lot of different portfolios that we didn't build. Whether it's a do-it-yourselfer that you know picks the picks the investments in their portfolio themselves, Uh, they might use a third party to help them with that, or somebody that comes in that has a financial advisor. Um, and what is a common theme amongst the do it yourselvers and people with advisors uh is that asset allocations that we see, meaning where that money gets spread and, uh is not really what it should look like uh you know people have been become way over allocated in u s large cap stocks and so uh what we thought we'd talk about in this part in this segment is what your asset allocation should actually look like, uh, but also maybe how we go about building ours, um, because that came up last week in a meeting. The first thing I want to say is when Josh and I go about building a, a portfolio, so when we say, okay, this is going to be our 75% stock, 25% bonds, um, we have to be very clear about why we're putting a different security into our portfolio. So for example, you know, in all of our portfolios, uh, stock portfolios, uh, we have uh, mid cap stocks and we're very specific about why we have mid cap stocks in there. uh, And then the percentage of mid caps we have in there. Uh, And, you know, I'm not going to get into why we own mid caps, but just to say that you know, we want explicit exposure to mid caps, and we know exactly how much, and then we do it through an exchange traded fund. Our mid cap exposure is considered a risk asset or a growth asset. It is there to to help grow the portfolio over time, and, it, and it's clear to us that that's what it does. And then on the bond side of things, uh, for example, we own a short US Treasury, you know, one year or less US Treasury ETF. To us, it's very clear why that's in there and the percentages that we put in, that's very clear as well. But that is a risk reducer, meaning when we need something to be, uh, when stocks are selling off and risk assets are going down, we need this to hold value. And that's exactly what it is doing. So for us, in in order to make it into our portfolio, when we put something in, we know where we're putting it. It's either a growth asset or a risk reducer. And if it's not clear, if it's one of those two things, it doesn't make it in. And so that's when you're building your portfolio, that's sort of the foundation of like, why am I putting these things in? Don't be because, of, you know, oh, I'm putting this in because of past performance, relatively short past performance. That That's not a reason, right? You, you have to buy, think about asset classes and then how you're going to get that expression of your asset class. Uh, but a lot of you, when we look at portfolios, because the best performing thing in the stock market, the last... 10, 15 years was toned US large cap stocks. Uh, and so your portfolios got way overweighted in that asset allocation. And a lot of you do it yourselfers, you know, you say, okay, well, I'm going to get mid and small cap exposure through the total market index. But when you think about the total market index and how little contribution small and mid cap stocks make to the performance of that, it's essentially a large cap index.
2: And the reason that we don't use a total market index like that is when you look back at portfolios that were exclusively in total market indexes uh at say a five percent distribution rate starting in the year 2000 those portfolios ran out of money a couple years ago that's why you need that deliberate allocation to those mid caps to small caps to large cap because they the large caps dominate the total market index to such an extent that you don't get the true diversification that you actually need and when you address the the fixed income side, uh, we recently got a new client and I noticed you know they owned emerging market debt and they had this really there was a, a bunch of these deliberate exposures in the supposed risk reducers but did the EM debt actually achieve the risk reduction function that they wanted it to? Of course not and you know the coupon that they were getting from that bond fund didn't even come, become close to equivalent of what expected returns from a return enhancer, uh, allocation would be. So it literally made no sense for them to own it because they were foregoing you know, the upside of stocks, but uh, embracing the volatility of stocks with a supposed risk reducer. And so that's kind of how we look at stuff is you just break it down into that really easy bifurcated, is it a return enhancer or a risk reducer? And on our risk reducing side, if it's not going to truly perform the function we want it to, we don't actually even want to own it.
1: So many people think they have an asset allocation because they own a lot of different funds, but they're the funds that own the same thing. So you're not really truly getting uh, good asset allocation alright if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month uh, where we talk about what's going on in the markets especially how it's affecting our clients money so if you want to get added to the list go to our website and send us an email at northwestquadrantwealth.com when we come back we we'll tackle some emails stick around
7: 11:10, KBND, Bend. Hey there, it's Lars, and I'd like to tell you about my friends at Volvo Cars Bend. Things look different at Volvo Cars Bend. They've looked at the market, they've seen the changes, they've made the adjustments, and now's the time for you to get into Volvo Cars Bend and see it for yourself. A great selection of Volvos and an enhanced selection of pre-owned. Volvo Cars Bend knows what it means to have a luxury experience. Come in and experience it for yourself. Volvo Cars Bend has all the buying options for you, and they're ready when you're ready. Get ready to be Volvoed for life. And don't forget Volvo Cars Bend is a truly local business. They support a local charity every month. Get in now and see the great selection of Volvos and the better selection of pre Volvo Cars Bend, where we know luxury on the north side at Highway 97 in Grandview and at volvocarsbend.com that's volvocarsbend.com and be sure to tell them Lars sent you.
4: I'm Gail and this is my Home Share Oregon story I needed a little help making my house payments and Brenda needed a place to live that she could afford when we matched our profiles on Home Share Oregon it turned out to be perfect we share meals we share workout in the garden. We share walking the dogs. I think the companionship is one of my favorite things.
5: HomeShare Oregon is a free website service that matches people who want to share their home with a housemate who needs a safe and affordable place to call home. And it's working. Just ask Brenda.
6: What I would say to someone who's considering doing home sharing is do it. It's affordable. It's safe. It's a wonderful thing. I I can't believe I didn't think about it prior to this. I'm so grateful that I happened upon that website. Uh, It really did change my life.
5: For more information, go to homeshareoregon.org. That's homeshareoregon.org. This message has been sponsored by Homeshare Oregon, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Hey,
6: there, Cosmic family, this is Christy from the Depot. I hope this new year finds you ready for a fresh crop of blossoming. Whether it be the fruition of your dreams or the growth of your heart and all other success in between, the Cosmic Depot supports you in your push to the light. We got some tools here for you a huge selection of tarot and oracle cards, wonderful handmade journals, and candles for days. Beeswax, soy wax, scented, unscented, colored, not colored from here in Bend and there in Germany, and lots of places in between. I like what I like for you here at the Cosmic Depot, and I am happy to go the distance to get it. And let me tell you, it is all new goodness coming in daily now. You bless us with an abundant holiday like no other, and we reinvest in wonder, picked especially for you. Cosmic is going to dial up the good vibes in 2023, and you will notice when you stop on by the Cosmic Depot at 342 Northeast Clay and Bend, open daily from 10 to 7.
4: Learning Express Toys wants to keep the kid and each of us happy. They want it to be easy and fun to make your kid's birthday party the best. Check out Learning Express Toys' website and explore their birthday box registry. Kids can make their own wish list of favorite toys, and then you can share the birthday box registry with family and friends. That's Learning Express Toys. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory Stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet.
0: listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
1: If you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question or a comment, give us a call. The number here is 877-670-7117. You can always send us an email by going to our website, com and ask us a question or leave a comment. Uh, so last year, 2022, uh, the aggregate, the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index, which is sort of the broadest market index for the bond market uh, that exists, was down 13%, uh, which was four times larger than the previous worst year, which was in 1994, where the aggregate lost 2.9%. So this is data going back to 1977 when they created this index. Um, So, you know, worst year by quite a bit. Uh, The 10-year Treasury bond finished down 18%, its largest decline ever with data going back to 1928. Um, Nearly all bond categories, if you look at the bond market last year, suffered a loss. There was almost no place to hide except for, where was the only place to hide, Josh? Well, short-duration
2: fixed income, and I would say— Short-duration treasuries.
1: Yeah. The the
2: other really interesting thing is that uh, high-yield, a.k.a. junk bonds, were a pretty dramatic outperformer, uh, and that is simply— They
1: still lost money, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, they definitely lost money, but relative to the ag, it's really surprising if you were entering a recession to actually see that, uh, and that may be the next shoe to drop. You know, who knows how this ultimately ends. We certainly don't. But uh, obviously so many companies out there refinance their debt at rock bottom rates in the wake of the pandemic. And uh, most of them don't have to uh, refi and roll it over again for another year and a half. And so the, the credit problems may not actually materialize for a while, but uh, not something you would see normally expect to see right in front of a recession is high yield dramatically outperforming.
1: So. But it was still down, so that cares about the outperformance. So so that when you look at all the different categories of fixed income last year in twenty twenty one, or sorry twenty twenty two, there are only two categories of fixed income: that's floating rate, very short, uh, and then one year. Uh, one to three month strategies. Those, those are the only part categories in the bond market that actually didn't lose money, and those are exactly the two categories that we have in our clients' money. Not because we're <laughs> not because we're clairvoyant, mostly because it was very easy to see the writing on the wall. This the bond market when you looked at because it's its biggest influence on the bond market is going to be interest rate movement and interest rates were the lowest they'd ever ever been in this country. We didn't think they were going to go lower from there, so it was very easy for us to just say let's. Shorten our duration as much as possible. And those are the place that's the only place uh, that actually didn't lose money. And the bond market were the two places we put our clients' money. But, you know, like I said, the aggregate bond index lost uh, 13%. Um, seven to 10 year treasuries lost 15%. U.S. investment grade, 18%. Uh, emerging market sovereign, uh, 18.5%. 20 year treasuries lost 32%. And 25 year zero coupons lost. 41% I of their value. I can't
2: tell you how many uh, calls I remember in 2021 when we owned that short duration are fixed it's, income. Let's
1: get rid of this and put in this stuff that's and going those up.
2: 100,000 plus positions that were paying you know coupons of $40 <laughs> on a monthly basis. And it was like, why do we own these things? Why shouldn't we be moving it into the stuff that's going up? That's
1: but. moving into stuff <laughs> that goes up, Josh. What's wrong yeah. with you?
2: Well, that you know, I try to try to remind people now. This is a, times like this are precisely why you owned that.
1: Well, and the reality is, when you lose 13% in a bond index, it's not like the stock market where that that index will come roaring back. It'll take years, literally years, to make that back up in a bond portfolio. I mean, when you look at. Uh, just in nominal terms. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's not, you know, when you lose money on the bond side your portfolio to the tune of what people lost last year, it's not like that bond will, that bond category will snap back like the stock market. That's not how it works. And so uh, that's why it's so important to get your bond allocation right. And so many people just got it wholly wrong. All right. We got an email from a... Judy here in Ben. Judy says, two years ago, my husband took an early retirement when offered by his company. That was very common because we had a bull market, uh, and so people were feeling flush. At the time, we had a four hundred one k, or he had a four hundred one k. You mean Judy, with about five hundred fifty thousand dollars in it uh, that we gave to a big financial services firm to handle. I mean you rolled it over to a big financial services firm. Since then, we've you mean he, your husband, lost eighty eight thousand. Due to poor market conditions and decisions, we expressed our need for a conservative approach. Our large portion is tied up in bonds, and that amount feels like way too much. What's worse, the agent keeps telling us that our 4750 per month draw is too much. Do we change agents within the company, jump ship and transfer everything to another company? Uh, do we have less to live on uh, than we want just to make up for the loss? So Judy... Um, Oh, this is a common, you know, this is a bummer, and I'm sorry for you, but uh, you made a bunch of bad decisions. Uh, first, let me tell you that the agent, as you call uh, this person, uh, is 100% right. You're taking way too much money relative to how much you have. Just back um, of
2: the envelope, math, math like triple an acceptable distribution rate. Yeah,
1: so, you know, when you you, you took or he, he took early retirement, so assuming you're under 65... Uh, Your husband's under 65. At 65, he could take 4% or 4.4. He's taking significantly more than that. Uh, And so there's a bunch of issues here, like the fact that you wanted a very conservative portfolio that didn't go down, but your distribution rate was high. None of this was ever going to work, Judy. Uh, so, you know, one of the reasons people, a lot of people retired, uh, is because we had such a good bull market in stocks that people are feeling flush with cash and they thought it would go on forever. And boy, if I, you know, my account was going up by, uh, you know, that $60,000 or whatever every year, so I can take $60,000 a year. That is not how it works, Judy. So changing advisors isn't going to, there might be some advisor out there that t- will tell you that they can, uh, help your situation, but... Uh, that person really can't. I mean, you, you're going to have to do something dramatic here, and that is probably somebody has to go back to work. Your distribution rate is not sustainable. You are absolutely going to run out of money, and if you run out of money uh, when you're 75 years old and don't have any marketable skills, what's the plan there? So, uh, I mean, the reality is, is that none of, no part of this plan is going to work. There is no good answers to your questions other than to say either you're going to have to take a whole heck of a lot less uh, than you're taking – or somebody has to go back to work and I would prefer the latter. So uh, sorry for this. I'm not sure. Maybe the bad advice somebody gave you that told you that you could in fact retire and that it would work out when in fact this was never a good plan. Uh, and so that's, I'm sorry for that. We got an email from a Glenn R. Glenn says, I'm 64 years old and I was planning to wait until I turned 68 to, in order, or older to file social security. But I know that beneficiaries in January received a big cost of living adjustment. I wonder if I should claim benefits sooner rather than later in order to qualify for those increases. So what Glenn is talking about is that Social Security experienced uh, the biggest cost of living adjustment uh, in 2022 that they had since the early 80s. And that was on top of a... A uh, big, but a big increase the previous year, um, and so Glenn, don't you don't have to worry. Uh, not only will you get the. Eight percent increase that uh, for waiting every single year that you wait in your income, the cost of living adjustments are built on top of those, so that 's why Josh and I uh, counsel people all the time to wait as long as you can because the cost of living adjustments are factored in, plus every year you wait you 're going to get eight percent more in income from social security so glenn don 't worry uh, by your your those cost of living adjustments are going to be factored into your social security payments. You don't have to be receiving the benefit in order for that to happen. So uh, Josh and I always talk to people about, you know, it's fine if you're going to retire, what you should do is take more from your retirement assets to live, to delay taking social security as long as you can. Um, knowing that those cost of living adjustments plus the 8% that they guarantee your your income will go up every year will continue to compound. That's sort of your best hedge against inflation long term is waiting as long as you can to claim Social Security benefits uh, because guarantees from the federal government, um, you know, you can't get from your portfolio, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> the third and that, you know, we see so many politically motivated decisions in this sphere And please, please don't fall prey to that temptation, uh, as strong as it is. It's the third rail of politics is the
6: entitlement.
1: All right, if you'd like to take us up on a free retirement view, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get it scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwalt.com, and send us an email.
8: thousands. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to say thousands on a hot tub and swim spa. Final day. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Say thousands. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to say thousands on a hot tub and swim spa. Final day. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2023 inventory. Ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond huge factory incentives, factory rebates this weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Just one day left. Final day. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking. Free admission. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Call 888 Spa Sale or visit Hot HottubandSwimSpaSale.com
3: Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One-of-a-kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends.
4: Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect.
3: The Warehouse Clearance Sale at Wilson's Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bins.
4: Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands, on sofas, love seats, sectionals, recliners, lift chairs. Cocktail
3: tables, end tables. Over 700 accessories, up to 75% off.
4: So much stuff. There's furniture and mattress clearance specials at both stores in Bend and Redmond.
3: Special financing and always free delivery. See store for
4: details. The warehouse clearance sale is on now. That
3: will Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Ben. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Local, since 1962.
2: You date like you aren't 22 anymore. Like, emotionally mature is kind of hot to you now. And six texts sent back-to-back is totally cool. You date like your experiences, relationships, they haven't just made you you, they've made you interesting. Young love was great, but dating as a fully formed emotionally mature human, man, that's on a whole other level. Download the Match app today.
0: And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive.
6: It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out?
3: Oh yeah, let me just toss all these $20 bills.
6: Great, let me grab you a trash can.
4: Stop,
3: instead
0: of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on, And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management.
1: you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, uh, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets, especially how it's affecting our client money and their portfolios. So if you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, send us an email, just let us know you'd like to be added to the e-newsletter list, and that's the only thing we will send you twice a month. Uh, So the good news, as I mentioned in the first uh, segment, is that the CPI or the Inflation rate is declining uh, from the high highs we saw uh, last year that we hadn't seen since the 80s. Uh, the consumer price index over the last 12 months is up six and a half percent, which is a big number. I'm not gonna lie. Over the last six months, it's up two tenths of a percent, but over the last two months, it's down four tenths of a percent. The producer price index, the PPI, which is the wholesale inflation number, over the last 12 months is up 6.2 percent. Over the last six months, though, it's up. Uh, or sorry, it's down a tenth of a percent, and over the last two months, it's down three-tenths of a percent. So, you know, when you look at that data, now the market is pricing in that the Federal Reserve is just going to increase uh, the Fed funds rate by a quarter of a uh, – so 25 basis points at their February, February 1st meeting uh, because inflation is headed in the right direction. Uh, but – as, as we know, and the Fed knows this as well, because they are parading all the Fed governors out there to to try to tuck markets down. Is that um, if the market currently suspects that that the that the Fed is going to pause or, or they're they're not going to keep raising rates, the, the market will rally, and then this inflation problem that we have will come roaring back. Inflation is a very difficult. Any inf- inflation and deflation are two things that are very difficult to tame because they're they. By their nature are self fulfilling uh, and so
2: and what Tyler means by that is when you expect prices to be higher in the future, you're going to spend the money now, which creates the feedback loop, making the prices higher immediately,
1: and same with deflation, if you think prices are going to go down, you wait for the future, that makes prices go down more. so deflation and inflation are very difficult things for central banks to deal because with Because they get embedded in expectations and so the beha- the, the Fed sees the behavior of market participants, whether it be in the housing market or the stock market, when the market gets the sense that the Fed's gonna pause. And so that behavior, is inflationary in itself and the fed understands that and and it, what's crazy to me is the market participants and the talking heads on tv aren't getting that they're not they're not getting at it even though the fed keeps reiterating look what we see happening when the market thinks we're going to pause makes us reminds us that we have to keep going that's why
2: there's no surprise that you see lael Brainerd, the biggest dub on the fed coming out and saying rates need to go materially higher a couple days after bitcoin goes to twenty one thousand dollars again <laughs> and that's Exactly the opposite of what they want to see is the risk on trade come roaring back. And so they're doing their best to jawbone and talk it down without actually doing the heavy lifting of raising rates
1: higher, faster. It's not that heavy lifting. <laughs> they can just do it pretty yeah. actually easy. Uh, so th- there was a good uh, ar- article last week. It was called The Upside of Downside. And I want to remind people that you know, this is always crazy to, for us because it's self-evident to Joss and I, but when stocks are at all-time highs, they are much riskier when than when they're down 20%. So people think that when stocks, like at the end of 2022, were much riskier than at the beginning of 2022, which doesn't make any sense, right? But that's how people think. Uh, Sentiment is a lot more negative today than it was a year ago. Long term investors, though, are in a better place. Why is that? Because every major asset class has seen an increase in yield and a decry- decrease in price, including treasury bills, treasury bonds, corporate bonds, uh, REITs, and equities. The high uh, and higher yields are indeed a good thing as they tend to pave the way for longer, higher, ter- long term, higher returns. Stock
2: returns are better when yields are higher. Over time. And that's this yes, really
1: that's the upside of downside.
2: It's this really weird dynamic. People don't if you rewind back to January 4th of 2022, when markets hit their all time high and valuations were near an all time high as well, depending on what metric you look, your expected return 10 years into the future should have been quite poor. That is the opposite is true now. Uh, As that reverses and as yields go higher, it means that the equity risk premium, and this gets a little wonky, but the compensation that you should get over the risk-free rate goes up, which is good if you own stocks. It's just a matter of your time horizon, and you have to have the emotional fortitude to ride it out and uh, be there when ultimately risk assets do recover.
1: Okay, let's talk about municipal bonds. now. First, we should re- we should say that we're not buying municipal bonds or munis right now. <laughs> we would like to be able to, but the yields don't justify uh, putting, allocating money there. But, you know, in the past, our firm has, has been big buyers of municipal bonds, and in the future, we hope to be big buyers of them again. So we should first describe what they are and then the different types. So a municipal bond uh, is issued by a state, a city, a county, or some other government uh, entity to fund Uh, day-to-day obligations of that entity. So for example uh, you know in in the state of Oregon we have what's called special interest uh, bonds uh, uh, and they are uh, let's say a a city like Lapine and another small city need that you know they're not big enough so they cobble together a bunch of these uh, spending needs and they issue some bonds to pay for ambulances and fire trucks and up Keep of the firehouse and that kind of thing, um, you know. The city of, of Redmond issues uh, bonds. Uh, they issued a lot of bonds to uh, pay for the airport expansion. The city of Bend issues bonds, and how they work is that they're uh, they they work just like any other bond in that they pay interest. They're issued at a at par, usually uh, par being a hundred, and and then uh, they issue the bonds with a coupon attached to them. Let's say three or four or five percent. Uh, and that coupon is is free from federal and state taxes uh, and so because of Pro- that, it's tax-free. Provided you live in the state where the bond's issued. And because that, because of the fact that it's tax-free, uh, generally yields are going to be lower than on other types of bonds, like a treasury or a corporate bond that is taxable. Uh, there are two types of uh, municipal bonds, generally two types. There's really three. There's taxable munis. There's general obligation bonds, and then there's revenue bonds. So general obligation bonds are issued by the same, you know, these entities, city, state, or county, um, and they're secured by assets. Uh, 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 sorry, not secured by assets. They're secured by the full faith and credit of the issuer. Um, and so, the general obligation bonds are less risky. A revenue bond would be, for example, um, backed by the revenue of the entity that that is issuing it. So, let's say uh, a good example is the, the airport in Redmond uh, so, issued some revenue. Didn't they issued some revenue bonds for the. Uh... Ice skating rink? Yep, revenue bonds yeah. for that. Parking Rack is famous for yep. issuing revenue bonds. And so they are backed by the revenue of the entity that is is being built in this case. And so revenue bonds are going to have a higher yield because they're a little bit riskier uh, than a general obligation bond. Um, as I mentioned that, you know, they, they, they're municipal bonds are subject to the same risks that any other bonds are interest rate risk so if you buy a long-dated municipal bond and interest rates go up uh, chances are the price of that bond is going to go down uh, they are callable a lot in a lot of cases, meaning the municipality can call them in. So as interest rates went lower over the last decade, couple decades, lots of munis got called in, unfortunately. Um, uh, and then there's the same credit risk matters uh, quite a bit. You know, if you're buying revenue bonds from a city that is way over levered, you have to worry about that. There are, you know, there have been plenty of uh, municipalities that have defaulted, Illinois, Puerto Rico, all of these uh, entities that were way over levered. So municipal bonds are are a very interesting option. Rates are going to need to go higher for them to be a viable option in your portfolio. But that's something you should be considering because rates are starting to go higher and it might be an option in the not so distant future. All right. If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So, at least 500 grand of investable assets, call the office to get it scheduled. 800 743 988 or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about target date mutual funds. Stick around.
0: Sign up for our e news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.